In today's episode, I chat with Ali Aidy, who is the founder of She Mentors, a membership site that connects women in business with mentors, experts and peers. She runs bi-monthly events in Melbourne with some of Australia's most influential women in business. She also has 11 years experience in digital and e-commerce, having worked for global lifestyle brands, including Women's Health and Fitness, Kayser Lingerie, Elle McPherson Body, and All Things Hair. What I found so inspiring about Ali's story is that she balanced a senior role as head of digital strategy whilst launching She Mentors, and she's disrupting the traditional format of networking events by listening to what people really want and how they like to learn from like-minded people. As someone who finds it hard to attend events after work with everything that's going on, I am so excited for Ali's latest launch for She Mentors, where she brings a digital angle to networking and social learning, which we will go further in this episode. Enjoy the episode, and I hope to see you in the She Mentors community too. This is Ishan Chan, and you're listening to Digital Learners, the podcast focused on helping you leverage new ways of learning to build your talent stack and create a more fulfilling career. I'll share my personal journey, as well as stories from people who are challenging the status quo in how they learn, network, and shape their career. The future of work is the future of learning. You never know what you might discover if you try something new. Hi, Ali. Thanks so much for joining me here today. I'd love for you to kick off with a brief introduction and tell us how would you describe your talent stack? Hi, thank you so much for having me. My name is Ali. I'm the founder of She Mentors. It's a membership site for women in business who want to connect with mentors, experts and peers. So I run bi-monthly events in Melbourne. I've been doing that for two years as my side hustle. And I've just quit my job uh, about four weeks ago to go all in on the hustle, which is really exciting. But my actual background is in digital marketing and e-commerce. So I've had 11 years um, and I've worked across content, SEO, social media, digital marketing. And then my last role was um, e-commerce. So managing three women's lifestyle brands and doing like all of the encompassing things that go with that. And there is a lot. So I'd say my talent stack is definitely based around digital. So analytics, reporting, campaigns, and all that comes with that. And it's evolved obviously quite a lot over the last sort of 11, 12 years. So that's me in a nutshell. Thanks, Ali. Now I'm curious to know how you ended up in a career in digital marketing and digital strategy. Where did it all start? It started, so I went to Uni in Sussex in England. You might notice some English. And I applied for an internship at a publishing house, Time Inc UK. And I did four weeks on a celebrity news magazine, but on the website. Um, and it was a bit of a devil wears Prada, to be honest. I had this editor <laughs> and she used to like shout at me and like oh, no. yell and say things like, how do you spell? And then she would like bark out the word I'd spelt wrong in the, in the piece the, the news oh, no. I'd written. <laughs> And I was like, oh my God, I'm terrified. And I used to sit there being really scared. But four weeks of the internship, she said, oh, you know, do you want to stay on for a little bit longer? And I said, yes, of course. And then she actually told me and taught me how to write for online. So she taught me like 
SEO strategies and how to write compelling headlines and how to use keywords and how to drive traffic to websites. And bearing in mind, this was 11 years ago, um, there weren't a lot of people doing it. And I learned so, so much from her. And then the four weeks turned into six weeks to eight weeks. And she eventually offered me like a tiny, tiny wage to be there two or three days a week. And I spent, and I was really, really poor as well. So I was traveling from Brighton to London and I was like, I had no money whatsoever, but I was so excited by the fact that I was working for this, um, it was now a magazine, a celebrity magazine, but on the website. And so that was my very first sort of foray into the space. And obviously I managed to get a paid job. Yeah, so were you writing, I guess, like celebrity sightings, like <laughs> that kind of content? And yeah, so it, it was really, it was actually like the dream job for someone that's just graduated from uni because she would send me to like red carpet premieres of of movies, and I'd have to go and interview people. Like I interviewed oh. Tom Cruise, and I was like twenty one, and yeah. I'd have to interview him at the red carpet, and then go ho- go home and write up the content, and then send it in, and it would get published online, and. It was such a good job and I learned so much in that first year. (laughs) And then where where did you end up next? Um, So I spent two years there and they worked me incredibly hard. I worked like all of the hours. And then I actually got promoted to or offered a different job within Time Inc. UK as a content editor across four homes websites. So Idle Home Magazine, Living Etc., Country Homes and Interiors, those kind of brands. Um, and I got a really big pay rise actually because I'd gone from working on this sort of you know celebrity news to a different brand but I'd learned so much with SEO that I was actually really good at writing content that got traffic Mm. so that was my next job and I spent two or three years there honing my skills getting across social a little bit more learning about Twitter and how to drive traffic there started managing a couple of people Um, so I was kind of promoted quite quickly which was really awesome but then I was like I've had enough. I want to go traveling. All my friends have been traveling after uni. And I was like, I want to do that. Like, although I had this fantastic job, I was still really young and I wanted to explore. So I quit my job. And my dad said to me at the time, you'll never work again. Like, what are you doing? (laughs) And I was like, oh, dad, you worry too much. And so off I trotted on a round the world trip with my backpack um, and went all over the world and then ended up in Australia. And I applied for a job in Australia at a publishing house. So, uh, so I was the online editor. I got the job for Women's Health and Fitness, Australian Natural Health, Nourish Magazine, Triathlon and Multisport. So I was, I was in charge of nine brands. Wow. The reason I got that job is because of my SEO experience um, at this publishing house. So I, I really kind of landed on my feet there. So it didn't matter that you hadn't worked in that particular topic before. They still valued your experience on other topics absolutely yeah so with seo and content seo particularly there are a lot of strategies that you can learn in terms of how to write the perfect article what words are people using to search for that piece of content in google so um, i was using adwords and the keyword tool that comes with adwords a lot so when i was writing a piece of content I would literally be checking these AdWords keywords against what I was writing. I was looking at what people were searching in Google for those keywords and comparing my headline versus theirs. Like, was my better? Was mine better? Would that get a better click-through rate? Um, And then more more technical elements of SEO, which which can be applied to any subject and brand, which is um, how fast your website's loading. Are you labeling your images with alt text? 
Uh, there's so many like juicy tricks and I obviously really love that side of things. So yeah, so I did get offered that and I, and I don't really think it matters that you're not a specialist in those areas. I mm. think because you can learn and read and kind of get across that. So I did. So I mean, I was writing about triathlons and I had never written about triathlons before. <laughs> Um, so then I spent four years there. They sponsored me. This is, I'm trying to cut this short because it will go on and on. Um, <clears throat> they sponsored me for permanent residency. Oh, that's <clears> awesome. Excuse me. I think I'm coming down with a cold. And that was fantastic. And then I did the same thing. And I was like, do you know what? I've had four years experience now. And it really evolved into sort of managing a team of five people and mm. uh, launching apps and uh, building out really exciting websites. And so it was a very technical kind of role. But then I decided to quit my job again. And my partner and I went traveling again around the world. <laughs> Ended up back in London. Got mm. a job working for a digital agency. And I was managing the global teams there in the, US, in the UK, US and Brazil. And that was uh, called allthingshair.com. And so our client was Unilever. And that was my foray into like the startup world. And that was really full on that role. Um, and then I found myself back in Australia a year later and working for three e-commerce brands, Kaiser Fine Lines and Elle McPherson Body. And that's where I spent the last yeah, um, two years really like honing my skills in the e-com landscape. And that's it. Fantastic. Now, I'd love to know as a digital marketing professional, what do people think you do versus <laughs> what do you really do as a digital marketing specialist? I think some people think digital marketing and social media is all sort of fluff. Um, yes. And, yeah. and while it is really fun, and I would say to a lot of people, like it's a great industry to break into, my actual role is spent a lot in analytics. <laughs> so it's quite geeky. So like I'll spend like maybe the bulk of the morning in analytics looking at what email campaigns perform really well for us, what revenue sources were driving most traffic or revenue. Mm. Um, subject lines, comparing those, A-B testing, um, briefing my team and saying, hey, look, we, we tried this. Actually, yeah. we need to tweak it for next time. So there's a lot of analysis and analytics, which um, I really enjoy, but some people, you know, it's not for everyone. Mm. So yeah, I spent a lot, a lot of my time in analytics and reporting. Obviously, in my earlier career, it was, it was very much in the doing and mm. like, delivering those things. Fantastic. Now, I love how the digital landscape has introduced new jobs that didn't exist before and it's also changing the way in which people work and the fact that you can be um, basically transition quite smoothly between countries between industries um, as well I'd love to know how your approach to career planning has evolved over the years so originally when I first started out I would always say like you know you have to be somewhere for two or three years and you have yes. to work your way up and stay there and like prove yourself and um, what I'd say now is that it's really important to get a wide variety of experience mm. and work for lots of different companies and lots of different kinds of you know corporates and startups and small to medium-sized businesses um, and it's okay to move around that's the big thing I've learned is that you're better off in my opinion having had three jobs where you've stayed there for one year each and they've each added a different element of experience to you than just staying in one job for three years and kind of feeling like, oh, 
you know, I am learning some things because on a CV, <laughs> on a CV, you have like, you know, when you're, you're employing someone, you're looking at someone with three jobs. They've worked at a startup. They've worked here. They've worked with these teams. Or there's another person who's worked at one job for three years. I'd always been more impressed by the person that's moved around, taken a chance. It doesn't have to be a promotion. Sidestepping is fine. But mm. I would say that when you do sidestep, you are, and obviously go for promotions too, but I feel like you will get more money quicker because you'll be asking each time you go, okay, mm. I want five grand more, I want 10 grand more. Yeah. And often you get it. Whereas when you stay in a company for three years, you don't very often get that. Mm. So I think that's the biggest thing. I think it's enabling us to move around quickly. And obviously location isn't even a problem now. So that's really good. Yeah. That's so refreshing to hear you say that because I have also heard another perspective where um, someone's been given feedback that I, uh, one of my friends saying that you haven't um, sort of been in one area for too long and they're not sure about how, I guess, vertical you're able to go in terms of that skill set. Mm. And um, so it's so refreshing to hear you say that because I definitely agree with that. And um, and even though I've been in the one corporate for a long time, I've switched <laughs> departments around about that year to two-year mark. I think so. Importantly with that, if you're, just as a disclaimer to that, if you've been somewhere for three years and you're getting opportunities and promotions and you're actively looking to learn new things, that is perfectly fine. I think the difference is sometimes people stay in roles for three years because it's easy or they think, oh, like I kind of have to do my two, three years here. Mm-hmm. And that's the wrong attitude. But I think in your case, like if you're growing and evolving and you're learning new things, fantastic. And just make sure that you are asking for a job title change to show that you're progressing in that career and you're not just staying on the same title. You don't necessarily have to have a pay rise, but show and demonstrate that you're being valued in your company for those three years and you may have had two or three roles. Mm-hmm. Um, because like I was at my, the publishing house in Australia for four years, but I started as an online editor and then got promoted 18 months into head of digital. Mm-hmm. So I, and I made sure that happened because I was like, I'm not going to just stay as an online editor. Like I need to be promoted. So yeah, just as a disclaimer, it's not always so cut and dry as I'm obviously <laughs> Yeah, no worries. Now, there's a future of work report that calls out marketing and digital media fluency as an important skill set to future-proof your career. What advice would you give to someone who's not in a marketing profession but wants to learn more about this either for their professional development or as a skill set to use in running their business? So much advice. Okay. (laughs) I would say it is so easy now to upskill. So you can either go to workshops or events in Melbourne. You can listen to podcasts like your lovely podcast. You can read blog posts. You can do Google courses. And I think that's what's so different. Like, you know, 10 years ago, there there wasn't anything like that. And now you can consume so much free content. Mm. So I think what I would say, start off by doing is having a look at your favorite brands signing up to their newsletters, having a look at their websites and seeing how they're communicating with you. Yes, that's so, what I've been saying to my colleagues. <laughs> yes, <laughs> because it's good because you're seeing that. What are the professionals yeah. doing? Like, what are they doing? How are they interacting with me as a brand, as a customer? Exactly. And, start, yeah. and signing up to all of those things and noticing 
what subject lines are they using? How yes. are they talking to you in yeah. Instagram ads? How are they talking to you on that Instagram page even? And, and yeah. what kind of tone of voice are they using? And then why are you buying the product? Why have you subscribed? And why are you continuing to engage in that brand or, or, um, or product? Because that's really key. Because then you'll start thinking, you know what? I really enjoy... Uh, you know, how this brand is communicating with me via email or I love their Facebook page or I love their Instagram stories. They're really interesting. Mm. And you can learn a lot from that. You can model a whole business on based on what someone else is doing. Mm -hmm. So I would definitely say that. I think take the first steps in looking at the brands that you love and looking at what they're doing well and then kind of looking at a few different uh, areas. So look at email marketing or e-commerce and, and start doing some just basic courses in it even connecting with people. So as I mentioned, I run uh, She Mentors. And so the memberships like that we have, the whole purpose of that is that everybody donates one hour of their month to another person. So you can connect with someone in the industry and have like a conversation like we're having now, which is like, what do you recommend I break into? Who yes. should I connect with? You know, go for coffees with people, make connections. Um, because then I think your path will become clear in terms of what you want to do. Um, but there's a lot of information out there. The theme for this month's podcast is all about building a tribe from whom you can learn from and support each other in navigating challenges um, in your in the future of work. And you founded an amazing community of women in business in Melbourne called She Mentors. And I'm so impressed. Um, since launching in early 2017, you've now reached over a thousand members in the community and 7,000 followers on Instagram. That's phenomenal. All whilst balancing a day job. That's amazing. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and what I found really inspiring is the way that you're disrupting the traditional format of networking events. And that was one of the standout. Um, I know I haven't been to some of your more recent ones, but I went to one um, where you collaborated with Ruby on the personal branding event. Um, Love Ruby. Yeah. She is amazing. <laughs> Can you share with us what inspired you to launch She Mentors and what can people expect from being a part of your community? Mm. So I started She Mentors in 2017, as you mentioned. And the reason I started it is because I became aware of a news report that was stating that the gender pay gap in Australia was 15% and there was a huge lack of female leaders in Australia. So I think mm. at the time there were like nine female CEOs in Australia and I was just like, what is going on? And like I'd always worked with female-led teams and I'd always had these amazing role models and I feel very passionate about supporting other women in business as well. So I actually jumped onto meetup.com to see if I could join a meetup group to discuss these kind of issues for, about women in business. And I was like scrolling through and I was like, do you know what? There's nothing here that speaks to me. Yes. I want to actually have, I want to meet other women in, in a networking environment, one that's informal because everybody hates networking. And also I want to hear from really inspirational <laughs> women in business. So I don't just want to go to networking. I want to go to like hear someone speak about a topic that I'm interested in, have mm. some wine. I don't want it to be corporate. And I just couldn't find anything. So I created She Mentors on the Meetup group. Um, and overnight, 50 women joined the group. And I couldn't believe it because I woke up and I was like, oh, 
oh god I've got to pay for this meetup subscription <laughs> now because <laughs> I was like oh probably only 10 women will like sign up um, is, is there fine. a limit to the free version yeah it was like it was 50 I think at the time and it was like <laughs> once you've reached 50 you just have to start paying it was like no money at all per month but I was just like oh shit like 50 women have joined and then literally like over the course of the next few weeks like you know, it was like 60, 70, 80, like 100 women had joined. And I was just like, this is insane. And then obviously I had to have my first event. And I was terrified because I've never hosted an event before. I was working full time, as you know, in like <laughs> e-commerce. And I was like, shit, I have to do this. Um, but I kind of stayed true to my values in that. And I wanted to create a group that was very inclusive and, and mm. warm and friendly. So the speakers that I asked to come on board and to speak at these events, um, I always go for a coffee with them before and have a chat with them and see if they're the kind of women that are going to empower other women. Mm. And also, and I think this is one of the key differences, I ask them to share the highs and the lows of their businesses or their careers. Because you know what? Often you'll see people who are really successful and you'll be like, oh, they've just like gone from strength to strength and they've had no issues and it's all mm. been easy for them. And yeah. often it's so not the case. So whenever they go on stage, they share, you know, the low points. Like, what do they struggle with? And like, and how have they overcome it? And I think people really relate to that. Mm. So, um, yeah, every event that we run uh, has a different topic or theme. So, yeah, personal branding with Ruby. We've had... Um, imposter had, syndrome. Yes, imposter <laughs> syndrome. Every single person on the planet seems to have, including me. Um, and we've talked, but we've talked about all different things, you know, like how to negotiate, how to manage conflict, um, how to build your brand on Instagram. Mm. Um, so, and the, and the key difference again is that I'll actually put out um, a poll to my members club and say, what topics do you need help with? Tell me, and I will find the best speaker I can to come mm. and speak on that topic. So they'll vote, and I'll be like, right, perfect. We've got personal branding locked in here. We've got this one locked in here, and they're feeding it. And then, mm. so, so it really is, it's really a, a membership site for, for women in business and they are driving it. So it's not yeah. really coming from me necessarily. Well, what's included in the membership? So I just launched a membership and so I was running the events for, for two years, um, which is great. But at the end of last year, I realized that I wasn't actually doing a lot to solve the problem of the lack of female leaders in Australia and the gender pay gap and all of those things. Like, yes, the events were awesome and people were loving them, but I kept hearing the same problems coming up from people. They were saying, where do I find a mentor? Like, what if I've got this problem at work or I've got an issue with my manager and I need some advice or tips and, mm -hmm. or I just want to find other women who work in my industry that I can go for coffee with and like have a bit of a mm. brainstorm. Yeah. I kept hearing these problems over and over. So I did a survey out to the group and I said, what do you need help with? And then one of the questions, which was literally the key in the whole of the membership was, would you be interested in donating one hour of your month to someone else? And like 85% said, yes, they would. Mm. And so it was like a light bulb just went off and I was like, huh. So every woman in this community would happily give up an hour of their month to someone else to help them succeed. Mm. And I was like, right, I know what I've got to do now. So I launched the Members Club um, and it's a membership site. So it's recurring. It's $24.99. You get the free events um, and video replays of events as well if you miss anything. Oh, that's awesome. Um, because, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so many but, people can't always make the event. Yeah. Um, but the main thing is uh, the mentor hour. 
So as I said, every single person in the community donates an hour. So we've got this like amazing diverse range of women on there. That it's not just female entrepreneurs. It's like 60% are like working in corporates in full-time jobs, you know, from sort of Medibank to Accenture to, mm. you know, so we've got some really high caliber women, the speakers who, who are in my, who speak at the events, like I always invite them to join as well. So, and they always love to join. Um, so we're getting this really organic, lovely community building where everybody gives an hour, but you don't have to be a mentor to like, to join, you know, like you could have no experience and I'm putting that in inverted commas because everyone has something unique to offer. Even if you're a recent graduate, you might have experience about, you might be someone's perfect target audience, you know, mm, someone who's had some 10 research. years experience. Yeah. yeah, they might be like, hey, can I just pick your brain on like what social media channels you use? Yeah. Um, so that's the thing is it's a really beautiful balance of, of women who all want to help each other succeed. So, yeah. So can people schedule when that hour works for them or is that at a set time every yeah. month? Yeah, so it can be someone completely different each month as well. So, um when you log into the members club, it shows um, all the women in the group, like yeah. everyone has a profile yeah. and then you would filter by like career advice or. You oh, so you just, oh, you, okay. So it's not yeah. like a, a matchup. <laughs> no, no, you, you actually, you browse through and if you see anyone like you, you for example, like if you, if you thought oh, I need some advice on like going from a corporate to a startup, you could filter by women who've worked at startups who are currently launching their own business have a look, read their profile. If it speaks to you, request their hour. There's a little button, pops up, puts you straight in touch. And then you can organize a coffee or you can have like a Zoom chat like we're doing now. Yeah. Um, so, and a lot, lots of people like the coffee because they get to go and have a little chat. And, yeah, I um, love it. Yeah, and then and obviously we have the events bi-monthly. So they come to those for free, but the members um, get to network with each other before the event starts and before everybody else arrives. Mm. That is um, so, so much value packed in that membership there loads that of value really, yeah. yeah and it's and it's really really good because I'm actually seeing people making a difference to each yeah. other because um, I didn't just want to launch another membership site because I feel like there were lots out there um but for me it was like I just I needed to like solve this problem that I kept hearing about and I was like mm. I think this could work and obviously mm. it has so that's where I'm at fantastic now, what's also really inspiring is that you started She Mentors alongside your day job <laughs> by negotiating, or hey, before you before negotiating, you did it after hours, but then you started negotiating one day off a week from a very senior role. <laughs> and now you've made the leap to going out on your own and focusing on growing She Mentors. Can you tell us what's coming up in this next chapter? both yeah. in terms of your career as well as She Mentors? Yeah, well, to be honest, when I obviously started She Mentors, I didn't expect it to become my business. And like you said, I was I was doing it in my spare time. So like on the tram, on the way to work and on the way home and <laughs> yeah. on my lunch hour. And then like in the evenings and the weekends and all of this. Yes. And I did that for a year. And then I yeah negotiated down to four days um, with my boss, which was tricky, very tricky. Um, but it's doable. Um, and I think the big, the key thing with that is to kind of present a business strategy to your boss or your manager to say, look, if I'm going to go down to four days a week, you're going to be paying for me less time. So it's financially better for you. Mm. But to, to account for the fact we're not going to be here full time, this is what I suggest we do. Mm. So it could be that you're giving away some of your 
uh, responsibilities to someone else in the team or automating something so you're not having to be there the whole time. Usually when you put it to a manager or a boss in a way that they see that actually they might save money from it but still get your expertise, Mm, mm. it can be a good thing. So you have to make it about how it benefits the company or the boss. Anyway, I just wanted to put that in because I think that's important. And I know a lot of people who are side hustling are always like, how do you, how do you kind of navigate that? It's hard. Yes, yeah. um, and it was difficult and it took a bit of negotiating, but we finally got there. Um, <laughs> and then, yeah, so then I did that up until, well, actually what happened was this, <laughs> this is the truth. This is the behind the scenes. And um, so I did that four days a week for another year. And then when I got back, in January this year and the membership club was kind of booming and I was thinking I can't I just can't manage everything I was like I've I've got this going and I'm working full time and like I just was feeling very overwhelmed um so I actually had negotiated to go down to three days a week but I just realized that like three days a week was it's it was very difficult to be a head of digital for three con brands on three days a week, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> as you might imagine. And also I just was feeling so stretched yes, yeah, both yeah. ways. So I, I ended up being like, you know what? I think it's better if we just like end it on a high. <laughs> yes. So obviously then I just launched into She Mentors. Um, and I have to say it's been fantastic because I was kind of one foot in and one foot out before. And yes. I could never give She Mentors my full attention. And, and also I didn't want to, quit my job before I was making money through my side hustle and that's really key as well because I think a lot of people take the leap thinking oh it'll be okay Mm. I'll make some money but actually unless you you've you've validated that idea that side hustle it's not a good idea to just leap Mm -mm. Um, you need some indication and because I was having I've got nearly 80 women on the platform now which is really really exciting Mm. Uh, that's and they're paying a recurring subscription so I could see that there was demand for it and mm-hmm. I could, I'm not making like half the money I was before. Not even half. I'm not even making any money at the moment because I'm obviously anything I do make from She Mentors goes straight back into it. Mm. However, it's proof that the concept works. And I think that's really important. Mm. Um, anyway, so now I'm all in on She Mentors. And I just have to say like the opportunities that have come up since leaving my full-time job have been incredible. And I think it's because I was kind of like, I'm just going to take the leap. And I've heard other people say this before, like, as you mentioned, Ruby said this before, and there's been women in my community who same things happen where they've been like, should I, shouldn't I, should I, shouldn't I? And then they've leapt and then these amazing things have happened. And I think it's because you just go into like sink or swim and you're like, right, I need to make this happen. And so now I'm just in this really positive mindset and a routine of being completely all in on She Mentors, which is great. I am doing a bit of consulting on the side more just to kind of fund you know yes to yeah. fund me so I can eat and things like that but um <laughs> yeah. it's good to eat but yeah aside from that like I'm all in and I've had some really great opportunities like um a couple of weeks ago I did a campaign with Country Road for their oh, they did a they yeah. flew me to Sydney and featured me for their We Nurture campaign and for Mother's Day which was fantastic mm. um and I just was I'm just going through a pitch program for female founders as mm. well um, and learning how to pitch my idea to investors, for example. Yeah. Um, so, like, there's just all these, all these amazing opportunities I would never, 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 never have done yeah. had I not quit the full-time job. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, so I've got lots of plans. I want to grow the members club. Um, I probably want to, because the key with the members club, keep attracting amazing women to come in. Because yeah. the more people we have in there, 
the better it is for everyone because you can be like one month I want to connect with her the next I'm going to connect with her mm. and you want this really diverse range of women in there so a big key for me is to focus on getting other awesome people in in business to come on board the platform mm. and just really make it amazing like make it a really good product and and that's kind of where I'm at so um, oh, I'm also pregnant as well. <gasps> Congratulations. <laughs> Thank you. So that, just, that was just adding to the whole like stress when I was deciding whether to do foot like, you know, oh, three days yes. at work and few mentors and then and I'm due in August. So um a big part of what I'm doing at the moment as well is kind of building out my team so that mm. when I do give birth <laughs> I won't have to be like on my laptop as I give birth. That's my plan. <laughs> <laughs> so I think I need to be like you know planning it so that's a big part of my year as well so yeah. lots of exciting things happening oh that is so amazing yeah but do you know what there's there's certainly has there's been struggles and there's been doubts and there's been times where I've like when I left my job I was like shit like what yeah. have I done um and I think one of the biggest things that's helped me with that is just yeah connecting with other women and mm. rallying each other up and I I feel like if I didn't have this community of she mentors, I'd struggle a lot because they've really been behind me on, on that. So, yeah. yeah, you've built so much momentum in two years. So you've already, you know, got so much, um, I guess, research to tap into. You've got a really captive and engaged audience who can grow the next chapter with you as well. So that's been amazing. Yeah, yeah. I feel very lucky. Um, <laughs> yeah, so just awesome group of women. So mm, yeah, mm. really good. Yeah. Just a couple of quick questions before we wrap up. What's the one thing that you'd like people to take away from today in terms of forging their own path in the future of work? Forging their own path. I think a lot of the times women, as women, we hold ourselves back because we don't think we're qualified enough to go for jobs or mm. we think, oh, do you know what? I'm just... I'm probably not ready. It's not my time to do it yet. I'll just, I'll just wait till the right time. Don't wait for the right time. Like go for it. Like push yourself further than you think. Ask so for more money than you think you will get. Mm. Because mm. that's one thing I've realized and learned over the last couple of years is that you go through life thinking, oh, you know, like my company probably can't pay me any more than they're paying because they've got all these things going on. It doesn't matter. Ask for it. Go for it. Like reach, reach for those opportunities. It sounds really cliche, but you, you have to do it because no one's going to come knocking on your door to give you opportunities. Like you need to be connecting with people on LinkedIn and going for coffees mm. and expanding your network and, and put yourself in difficult positions as well. Like um, when I first started hosting the She Mentors events and still now, actually, I get incredibly nervous before I go up on stage. And I think um, I've got better at putting myself in those uncomfortable situations. And since I've done that, opportunities have grown for me mm. um similar to you like you're doing this amazing podcast now you know you're putting yourself out there and and that's really really courageous to do that and I think more people should should do those things think to themselves like what do I want to do yes I can do an Instagram live video who cares if no one watches it just do it and I think mm. that's my biggest mm. advice is like try and try and move faster than you think you're ready because you, it will be worth it and I think good things will happen and come from those that's so true. <laughs> Thank you. And where can people find you online and where can they find She Mentors? Well, they can find She Mentors at shementors.com.au. Mm -hmm. Nice and easy. And Instagram She Mentors as well. Um, and yeah, meetup.com She Mentors. So we've got lots of events. They're bi-monthly events coming up. 
Um, so I'd urge anyone that doesn't know anything about She Mentors to definitely come to an event. That's like mm -hmm. the first point of course. I feel like you'll love the speakers we have. You'll love all the, the women that you get to engage and interact with. And there's wine and the sushi. Those yeah. that I always provide. So that's all good. And then, yeah, if anyone is already familiar with She Mentors and wants to get on board with the Members Club, um, they can just jump onto the website and find out as well. So, um, yeah. Yeah, I'm totally it. sold on the video replay because going to events after work is just a logistical challenge <laughs> with children at so home. In the... yeah, yeah, so... Well, it's funny you mention that because I've actually got... Um, so I've got the membership, but I've mm. just literally just launched as of this week um, a virtual membership, which is cheaper. Um, mm. But it means that you get access to the the mentor hour and the video replays and the private Facebook group, everything aside from the in-person events, because I realized that... That fits me perfectly to a yeah. T. Because <laughs> there's so many women like you who, who can't get there and and because they start at, you know, six to eight and they're done. <laughs> kind of the so many people like that but the content from these yes. women on stage is so valuable so like even for me right I'm there at the event living and breathing it but yeah. I might well as soon as I've got the video replay up there I'll, I'll watch it once or twice like the imposter syndrome event with Lucy yeah you keep Allen. going I've, back to it right, yeah because I'm like yeah I need to watch that again and um, yes. you can make notes and you can pause it and rewind it. And like, there's just so much value. So that's a big part of it. Yeah. I'm so um, glad you're investing in um, creating digital versions of events because I was talking about um, with somebody who's um, freelancing with this events. Um, there's a pretty big conference overseas. And I was like, you've got 5,000 attendees and, you know, I don't really know fully about their revenue model, but obviously it's ticket sales. And I'm yeah. going, surely that you could be also commercializing the digital version of that content. That's five, five, mm. five streams of content over two days. Like usually conferences are one day, one stream. You're, you know, you've got one agenda. They've got five, two, sorry, five versions of two day agendas that you can choose from. Mm. And they're not digitizing it, to my it's knowledge. so much opportunity, I know. I'm I think, because um, oh, yes. I would actually, I feel the same as you. Like, I would love to watch and go to more events. If they stream them online, I would pay to watch the, yes. the live stream. Um, and I'd certainly pay to watch the video replay. Um, even, like, you know, the, the events in, like, what is it? Uh, South by Southwest, the one in, like, Silicon Valley or wherever yep. it is. I'd love to go to that. It's way too expensive. And obviously I know, it's an before <laughs> yeah. you even, yeah. But like, you know, imagine if they offered like the video replays of all of the conferences. So I also as well, like do the video replays of all my podcast interviews because yes, I have a yeah. Mentors podcast. So like I interviewed like Eleanor Pendleton from Gritty Pretty. Yes. Some really cool people as well, like and Ruby and they are all like the videos are behind the scenes are like on the for the members club just just yeah. for members really because some people prefer to watch don't they and some people prefer to listen so it's just like about finding ways to make the content like valuable for people at different stages so that's right um, yeah well I can't wait to look into your virtual membership because yeah, yeah I'm totally sold <laughs> Fantastic. Thank you I'd love to have you there oh thank you so much for joining me today it's been awesome chatting to you Thank you for having me and um, good luck with the podcast and I'm sure I'll be seeing you at future events. Yeah, and um, and I know we're going to talk virtually, but wishing you all the best and a smooth journey to the safe arrival in August. Thank you very much. I shall keep you posted very with that. Well, you'll see my bump coming because it's getting bigger and bigger. <laughs> Fantastic. So, yeah. Thank you. 
That's it for today's episode. If you enjoyed this podcast, it would mean so much to me if you would rate, review and subscribe and let me know if this has helped you in any way in shaping your career goals. I'd love to connect with you on Instagram and Facebook where you can find us at Digital Learners Podcast and you can find show notes for every episode at digitallearners.co.